Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. So with that being uh, up, being said, let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by our Cardinals insider uh, for 101 ESPN and The Athletic. He is Mark Saxon joining us on the show. Saxy, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, BK. I can't believe you didn't have Chiefs minus 19 and a half yesterday. I mean, that was basically a bye week for those guys, wasn't it? <laughs> that was one of three games that I correctly predicted this week, Saxon. Three. Three games okay. on the entire slate that I got correct. Do you know how hard that is? That's tough. Well done. You could have you could have gone for I'm going to try to get as many games wrong as I can and it probably would have done better than what I did. That's not and what I you were doing. I tried to get them correct. Uh, <laughs> it was that bad. Not great. <laughs> so, Saxy, let's talk a little bit about this Cardinals offseason because it has not started I think in the way that a lot of Cardinals fans would have hoped. Um, when you uh, heard John Mozeliak last week and then we had Bill with the third on the show on Friday, what have you made of what the payroll is going to be and how reluctant this team is going to be to add to that payroll? Well, they won't. I don't know what you know, I don't know if Bill told you guys this, but they they seem a little bit uh, hesitant to be pinned down on what the actual number might look like. And I think that makes sense when you think about they might get some information here coming up soon about whether there's going to be a DH. They might after that get a little more information about whether there might be some fans in the stadium next year. So all of that kind of goes into the hopper for what the uh, you know the ultimate number ends up looking like. But one thing I'll say, I think, for Cardinals fans who want to cheer up and you know maybe have a little fun this winter and see some new players added, is these opportunities that are going to be out there. And we've already seen a ton of teams uh, decline options on good players. And Colton Wong was only the first of many, it turns out. So there are more free agents than we initially thought. That number is going to balloon again on December 1st when teams have to decide who to offer arbitration to. You're going to see a lot of non-tenders also flood the free agent market. So there's going to be good players out there at depressed prices. And so in a way, if it's a buyer's market and, and the Cardinals, even though they are dampened, they're not a bottom of the, of the, of the payroll kind of a team. There's going to be opportunities out there, I think, to get pretty good players at, at reasonable prices. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Saxy, I agree. I think there's going to be a lot more names in the pool as far as for trade possibilities and guys who maybe aren't qualified on their offers or let go or tendered, rather. But will the Cardinals actually do that? And I ask you this just because in talking to Bill DeWitt III, and you're right, he had like four different versions of what they might be willing to do because of the uncertainty of, well, 
everything. You know, everything encompassed into one right. thing. And I just wonder, with the Cardinals looking now that they've cut the cut ties with Colton Wong, Yachty and Wayno are up in the air. We're not sure what's going to happen there. And they seem like they're just trying to cut payroll and look for younger guys to seize the opportunity and look forward to 2022 as a baseball club. Is there any scenario where the see the where you see the Cardinals really truly going out there and scooping guys up who will be available? Yeah, I do, and I think it's in those cases where you know extreme affordability are, are there, and I do think there are those guys going to be out there. And the thing is, Jamie, they're they're simply going to have to because. You know, they have holes to fill in in the major league roster who they don't necessarily have the piece to do that. Um, Brad Miller, for example, is a, is a free agent. And, you know, he, he tied for the team lead in home runs, amazingly, last year with seven. And so they're going to need a utility guy, particularly if Tommy Edmond is going to be the everyday second baseman with Colton Wong going. So there's an opportunity there to get a low-cost guy who could end up, you know, doing some things for you. And there's interesting players out there um whether it's you know jerks and profar whether it's kike hernandez those kind of guys are going to be out there um tommy listella a really good on base guy um who never strikes out uh interesting player so they're going to need some players just to just to bring back what they had last year and so i think at some point they will be involved with free agency um but you do bring up an interesting point i think if they're going to get that sort of franchise-altering player that a lot of people think they need at this point, that's going to happen via trade, and that's going to be a younger player. And I think the way they're going to accomplish that is by trading from what the strength they already have, which is pitching depth, young pitching depth. They're going to have to give up some good young pitching to get a good hitter, and I, I do think that's a possibility as well. Saxon, we talked about that a little bit earlier today, talking about the possibility of them going out there and making basically a year early type of a trade, right? You've got these guys that are potentially hitting the market next offseason that we've all talked so much about. And maybe they decide, you know, this offseason, they kind of stand back and get some of those affordable options. And the next year, really dive into the market and try to get somebody that is a game changer for the lineup. What if they decided to do that a year early and they, they jump the market the way that they have done so many times with Jim Edmonds and Matt Holliday, Scott Rowland, Mark McGuire. They go out and acquire a guy and then re-sign him for the long term. And we talked with Bill DeWitt. I keep bringing up this conversation, Mark, but we asked him if it's been more difficult to do that than it was in the past for this team. And he said yes. I wonder, though, are they just less willing to give out the contracts that they were giving out in the past? Because those guys seemingly are still available. It's the contract that seems to be holding them back sometimes on these kinds of deals. Yeah, I think that'll be the operative um, word in this offseason, particularly because all the players you mentioned, while they did eventually end up making a lot more when they signed long-term deals with the Cardinals, when they came in, the reason that their team was trading them in many cases was because they already made good money. And so I don't see the Cardinals, you know, making that, um, you know, I, I would see, I think the, the trade I would anticipate them maybe being more open to is maybe a younger player, maybe one who hasn't even made the big leagues yet, but projects as a top sort of um, power hitting prospect. Um, but who is close. I'm not talking about a guy who was at, you know, A ball last year or touch double A. I'm thinking of someone maybe who finished at double A or maybe even touched triple A. And the reason I think they'll be looking for those guys is what you mentioned, 
going into the 2022 season, the picture brightens considerably. You know, Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter both come off the books. Andrew Miller comes off the books. There's going to be opportunities that offseason where you could make that big splash in free agency. And why not, you know, have your core as good as it can be? Why not sort of parlay some of the young pitching into young hitting so that you're in a better position to take advantage of that? Um, I think all these things are in play, but you have to keep in mind any any moves they make this this winter, I think, are going to be pretty darn close to cash neutral. All right, Saxy, I got a question here about Wayno and Yachty. And you, as we know, you're connected like Legos with Major League Baseball. So I want to find out, look, we're almost at the deadline here to where it's going to be open season for these guys. We're seeing little hints of Wayno being tempted by Atlanta. We're seeing Yachty posting some things on Instagram that make us scratch our head, wonder what's going on. We see Tony La Russa in Chicago. He loves these two guys. What are you hearing out on the street that we might be, I guess, what we should prepare for with Yachty and Wayno? Well, I did a little analysis of that kind of exact situation last year. And based on what the team is saying about, you know, the need to cut payroll, based on their performance, not only last year, but the last few years, I don't see a lot of scenarios where they could bring both back. I really don't. You know, I think together they're going to probably, in terms of salary next year, make somewhere in the $20 million range combined. I've heard that Yachty's looking for $10 million. Um, you know, if people thought he thought, you know, he considered himself still a $20 million player, that just isn't accurate. He's realistic. But I don't know that the Cardinals even would extend to that extent. And what if somebody else does? Now, you've, you know, he, you risk, you know, Yachty jumping, getting excited about the new opportunity. So I really don't see both coming back to St. Louis. I could see them prioritizing one. And it might depend on how their relative market goes. If, in fact, the Braves are really locked in on Wayno as kind of a, a, a senior voice, or not a senior, but a veteran voice for all those good young pitchers, which makes a ton of sense, then his market could accelerate quickly and, and the Cardinals could lose him. The same could happen with Yachty. You think about you know, the value he could provide a, a, a young team with really good position players who don't necessarily know how to win yet. I mean, he would be kind of the perfect guy to bring in and teach them all, you know, how to raise their baseball IQ. So it's an interesting situation. If I had to predict how it ends up going down, I would say at the most only one of those guys comes back. I could see scenarios where neither of them do, and that that's going to be eye-opening for a lot of Cardinals fans. We're talking to Mark Saxon, Cardinals insider for The Athletic and on 101 ESPN. Kind of as a follow-up to that, Mark, do you think that there's going to be conversations within the front office of, hey, uh, option A, we bring back Yachty and Wayno. Option B, we bring back one of them. And option C, we bring back neither of them. But maybe it is that 15 or $20 million that it would take to bring those guys back. We spend that elsewhere and we're able to get players X, Y, and Z, or maybe it's just one player, whatever it may be. Do you think they're having conversations like that? And if they are, what do you think is the best route of that from a pure baseball perspective? Not thinking about this in terms of the sentimentality of bringing those guys back, but from a pure baseball perspective, what do you think would be the best option from the outside looking in? Yeah, first of all, I think the best baseball option is exactly what you said, to remove as much of the sentimentality out of it as you can. And and that's brutal and it's hard to say and people aren't going to want to hear that. But 
look at the successful franchises around sports. You know, it's typically the ones who allow players to leave just before that steep decline, right? And, and I'm not suggesting that either of these players is on the precipice of something like that, but that's the idea. You always want to be a step ahead, and you want to you want to evaluate based on the facts rather than you know your emotions. Now, having said that, there is a risk, and I'll, I'll isolate to Yachty. There's a risk that your run prevention simply isn't going to be as good when he leaves, and then that could you know spiral into a problem you didn't know you had because. What do you always hear about Yachty? It's that he's able to see the whole field better than anybody in the game, and he, he moves infielders, he works with young pitchers, allows them to feel confident throwing all their stuff. So what I'm saying is if you, if you let Yachty walk, you're potentially opening up a hole that you didn't even know existed. Now, having said that, yes, could $10 million maybe get you two pieces that would eventually, you know, be better than what Yadi Molina. Yeah, I think that is also possible. So to answer your question, BK, because we're so early in the offseason, not only will they be exploring each of those options that you mentioned, I'd be shocked if they haven't already. And I would argue, what are they doing if they haven't already looked at those options? So, yes, I think they have scenarios where all of those things are possible and I think right now all of those things are possible. But, you know, we're starting to see them sort of trend in certain directions. Saxy, we always appreciate the time, my friend. We look forward to reading your work over on The Athletic, following you on Twitter, at Mark A. Saxon. And we always enjoy hearing you here on 101 ESPN. All the best to you and your family, my man. We'll talk with you again soon. All right, boys. We'll talk soon. Good, good catching up.